The content of this podcast should not be considered financial or investment advice. All interviews and discussions are opinions only, and the podcast has been created without taking into consideration the listener's financial objectives, financial situation, or needs. Listeners should obtain independent advice before making any financial decisions. The Explorers podcast is sponsored by RM Capital, a provider of specialist small to mid-cap corporate advisory and boutique wealth management services. Hi, this is Barry Fitzgerald, Garen Perro columnist for Stockhead. Welcome to another edition of the Explorers podcast. We're off to WA's Midwest today to catch up with Corella Resources. It trades under the code CR9 and it last traded at 4.6 cents for a market cap of about 20 million when you, all of its uh, ordinary shares are counted up. Corella is a new name on the board and follows a recapitalization, rejuvenation, rejuvenation and a redirection of what was an existing ASX company. All we need to know is that Corella is a focused Kaolin and Silica Sand Explorer developer in WA's Midwest region. Kaolin, or China Clay as our British friends like to call it, has long been known for its applications in paper, ceramics, fiberglass, paints, pharmaceuticals, medicines, agriculture, the list goes on. But there is a developing buzz around the minerals, high-tech and green applications in a bunch of new areas, notably uh, high-purity alumina applications, lithium-ion batteries, uh, green concrete and hydrogen, and again, so on and so on. All that buzz is reflected in the $400 million market cap of uh, Andromeda, uh, South Australian project, and the $35 million market cap of another company called WA Kaolin, both two ASX players in the space. On that score, Andromeda has just launched an agreed $110 million bid for its partner in its South Australian project called Minotaur. So there's a lot of action and a lot of investor interest in the space. So it's great to be catching up today with Corella's MD, Tony Cormack. He's uh, with us today to bring us up to speed on Corella's ambitions in the Kaolin space across its uh, projects in the Midwest. So with that, g'day Tony, thanks for your time today. Thanks very much Barry, great to be here. Now Tony, given uh, Corella's uh, pretty much a new company, uh, it would be great if you could just give us a bit of a feel for uh, your background. Okay Barry, I'm a geologist by trade, I've been in the industry now for nearly 28 years. Um, I've been in a number of different commodities and very much WA based, I have been uh, international but I have really focused in my home state of Western Australia. Um, I've been in gold, nickel, tantalum, various other commodities. Um, and back in 2019, with my long-term business partner, Julian Stevens, we went on uh, a mission uh, of finding and um, uh, putting our foot on what would be, uh, what is now um, one of the best and most high-purity kaolin deposits in Australia. So that was our that was our aim, and uh, we set out in 2019. We've got the the assets uh, listed uh, into an ASX vehicle uh, earlier this year, and in six months we have defined uh, an outstanding kaolin resource at Tampu. Tampu, of course, being the flagship project. Just before uh, jumping into Tampu, though, I was wondering. Uh, you know, uh, you could have looked at nickel, you could have looked at cobalt, you could have looked at gold, you could have looked at a lot of things. Why did you guys decide to focus on kaolin? What were the broad, broad macro things that interested you about it? Well, uh, both being in graphite and battery-related materials, including nickel, 
Um, Julian and I both believe that the, the battery thematic, the electrification um, uh, thematic, is is very strong. We we are true believers in it. So we we can see a market for this material uh, increasing into the future uh, due to the, the 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 battery thematic. And that's around uh, high purity alumina separators in batteries. That's correct, Barry. So what these separators, what what these coatings and separators do, it's essentially aluminium foil. Um, it extends, it significantly extends the, the extends the life of the battery. So um, that's a good thing. These these batteries do uh, create a bit of toxic waste. So uh, anything to, that can extend the life of these batteries is a good result. Also quite good at uh, stopping them catching on fire too, I understand. That's correct, Barry. It does minimise the heat transfer between the components. So, okay. Now, the flagship project, Tampu, where you've just announced a maiden resource estimate that uh, when screened off, ends up with a 13.1 million tonne uh, resource. Um, tell us about your excitement levels with this one. Oh, mate, that's an absolutely outstanding result for the company. Um, and that, that 13.1 million tonnes will underpin a significant mine life. We will go to a scoping study where we can start to look at the metrics and uh, production rates to see what mine life that will, will, will give us. But it certainly exceeded our expectations in terms of the, the size. But more importantly, in this space, it's about purity. And the, the, the purity levels of the Tampu product, particularly the consistency of the purity across the entire resource, is significant. It really sets us apart from the other players in the industry. And importantly, the, 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 the levels of iron are very, very low. When you're talking about high-purity alumina, the, 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 the iron levels are the most important. There are other critical impurities, but iron is the most important. And we've reported our resource, the entire resource, at 0.5% iron, which is just outstanding. Okay, that's what uh, end users want to see. That's what the end users want to see. Now, um, the uh, posit itself, I was just wondering, uh, any plans for extensional infill drilling, even though the resource itself is uh, large enough to get going with the scoping study? Yes, so it's an inferred resource at this stage. We had CSA Global here in Perth complete the, the maiden resource. So we'll be working with them closely now to, to define what those next steps in terms of technical studies are to feed into the scoping study. So I, I would suggest it might include some infill drilling, but it won't need much. Um, we did go on a pretty tight spacing there. I am a resource geologist, so um, we do need to do some diamond drilling just to get some more specific SG and some other more detailed metallurgy done. Um, but we will announce that as we work with CSA to define what that uh, extra additional work looks like. Now, obviously, uh, you've touched on it. That it's, uh, it's all about the quality of uh, the resource. Um, I was just wondering what what sort of work have you done, or what are you planning to do in terms of HPA test work? So we have sent off um, bulk scale representative composite samples to potential offtake partners for them to analyse and test using their own processes. That work is is currently underway. We are using an institution who will optimise through the process to achieve the highest possible purity. And so in terms of time, that we're looking into early 2022 to get those results. And again, we'll use those results from the HPA test work to underpin our scoping study. Now, is it uh, 
too early to be talking about off-take negotiations or is that something you'll be entering into next year? So as, as with a lot of industrial minerals, the off-take partners want to verify the quality of, their, of your material um, before they will enter into any sort of MOU or off-take um, negotiations. So we're in that process now where they have our material and they're doing that process. So uh, upon successful test work results, we anticipate that those negotiations will move to that next level. At this uh, early stage, you're getting, uh, is the phone ringing ringing a bit from uh, potential off-takers, people interested in the project around the world? It sure is, Barry. It sure is, mate. Some of the samples that we've had sent off were through parties that approached us on the back of our announcement with the the drill hole results um, going back, you know, a month or two ago. And it really really does centre around the low iron, Barry. Um, You know, within our deposit, we do have um, a significant zone where all four critical impurities are very, very, very low. So um, all very close to surface. So it, it is those four critical impurities and the levels that we have that has sparked that interest. Now, WA is a big place. Um, locate the project for uh, the listeners and give us a feel for what the infrastructure uh, in the, the area might be to uh, leverage off in a future development. So I've made a number of discoveries in WA, Barry, and started a number of mines. And uh, out of all of the projects I've been involved with, in terms of infrastructure, this one is just absolutely fantastic. Um, the project sits on a bitumen road. Um, it's got a, Mo- a Telstra mobile tower just down the road. There is existing infrastructure, unused infrastructure, within three kilometres of the project. And by that, I mean a lay-down area, a large shed, some offices, et cetera, et cetera. Um, uh, it's about 20 k's into the town of Beacon, who, where there's a, a rail siding which runs down into uh, Quinana. Um, and we're about 280 k's um, from Perth. Again, appreciate its early stages, but I was just wondering, and given it's an opaque market, um, can you give listeners a bit of a feel for why, uh, what value add you thought you see, uh, say, compared with Kaolin that, Kaolin that might be sent off to a ceramics maker as compared to uh, a product that would be sent off to uh, HPA end users? Well, that really centres around the value of the, the end product. Um, you know, your, your typical industrial applications, um, sit at sub sort of a thousand dollars per ton, whereas if you produce the the high purity aluminum material, then you're talking tens of thousands of dollars per ton. Now let's not forget that that means that there is you know capital and processing to get to that end product, and there is significant cost in that. But um, we feel with our quality and with our metrics in terms of the size of the resource and mine life that those numbers already, in my mind, stack up as the path that we should be going down, and that's the path that we set out on in 2019. Um, now, I touched earlier on um, you're not, you don't seem to be resource-constrained at this stage, um, but will you be uh, continuing to explore to add to the resource base, or is this more than enough for the scoping study and perhaps leading into a DFS? Yeah, look, it's my personal opinion that this is certainly enough to take us through the scoping study and to get into production. But we are mindful that, you know, we, we, we have a significant holding in the area. When we established from the drilling that we had something very special at Tampu, we made sure that we put our foot on all of the prospective areas in the Beacon uh, area. 
and we, the, 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 the local community really assisted us with that. They're very supportive. They like um, the company. They like the way we go about our business. And they provided, um, you know, intel on where there was occurrences, access to their properties. So, yes, we did put our foot on all of the perspective areas out there. And it really centres on what the basement geology looks like. So the, the, the more pure the granite, so less ferromagnetics within the, the, the granite, generally, well, in, in our experience or in our evidence, leads to a higher purity material in the in the weathered granite. So what we've done is we understood what the basement granite looked like and we pegged the entire prospective area within that beacon um, region. So um, part of that thinking as well, Barry, was to, to keep any competition out because we do believe we have something special. Um, and uh, we'll go through a process now of going out there and doing the exploration and where warranted, we will go and test with the drill. Just looking at your website earlier, it seems uh, the best way to explore out there is uh, to get into a, a light plane and do a flyover because where the farmers have uh, cut in small dams, and you've got this surrounding uh, ultra-bright sand uh, circling the, the, the water. Oh, look, mate, yeah, I, I would tend to agree with that in some respect. Um uh, you know, and certainly you don't need to necessarily get in a plane these days with the high risk. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You know, you just get on Google Earth and you can sort of pick out those dams like you mentioned. So, yeah, very much. But um, say with Tampu, for instance, um, it's not obvious at the surface. So there was um, – Tampu was first discovered by a geologist by the name of Lloyd Whitsett in the early 90s when he was out there drilling – he was a geologist who owned a drill rig. So he was out there drilling water bores for the local pastoralist and then noted the quality and the thick intercepts of pure bright white kaolin. So he did go out there and do further drilling um, and look at trying to um, supply the paper market back in the day. Um, it all came back very successful, but it was essentially the wages that killed the project and that's why it never got into production for a paper um, product. Uh, you talked about the uh, impurity uh, levels being super low, but uh, is it not uh, brightness factor is very important too? It sure is, Barry. Oh, mate, we, we put out our brightness numbers um, going back a couple of weeks and they're second to none. Our brightness numbers were in the, the, the high purity white, bright white zone range from sort of 86 up to 89. So, um, yeah, very, very significant in terms of the brightness. Uh, we tick all of the boxes at Tampu. Now, you do have a couple of other KLM projects in uh, the West. Uh, what stage are they at? So they're in the early stages of exploration. We are working through the process of engagement with the landowners to get access. Um, so we have done some sampling out there in terms of like what you mentioned, like where these dams are, you can see the, the nice bright white stuff. Um, but we're in that stage now where we're working through approvals with the landowners, with the department, with heritage, et cetera, et cetera, to gain access into these properties to to, to do some drilling. So we'll look to, to get some holes into that, into those areas, um, you know, early next year. And I mentioned in the opening that there was a a, a hard rock silica project on the books, Bonnie Rock. What's uh, What's the story there? So again, that, that's a, 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 a project where we're looking to potentially supply into the high tech space. So um, high purity silica goes into you know um, screens for mobile phones, solar panels. So again, it's got that green thematic. 
um, uh, we identified this opportunity and it's, it's, it's in the same geographical area. Um, we put out some results where we had achieved 99.9% purity um, from some grab samples. So again, we're just working through those processes of getting land access, getting approvals from the department to take the, get out there and do some initial um, drilling exploration. All right, Tony. Well, let's uh, bring it all together for investors. Um, give us a feel for what they should be looking out for. Uh, sounds like you're going to have a big uh, 2022. Oh, we sure are, Barry. I think the investors should not focus on the, the size of the resource. It, they should really focus on the quality of the resource. The current HPA market is quite small globally, but it's set to expand, and that's why we want to position ourselves to take advantage of that. Um, so it's it's not so much how many tons you have. As I mentioned at the start, we we I, I personally believe we have a significant mine life with the Tampa resource that's been defined. Um, but investors need to focus on the quality, and we should have a really good feel for that. Uh, I think you were suggesting scoping study around the first quarter of uh, next year. Is that right? That's correct, Barry. Alrighty, Tony. An interesting one in a uh, very interesting market. Uh, not a lot of investors are aware of some of the dynamics that have uh, made kale in, uh, more interesting than the old China clay, as it were. So good luck with it, Tony. We'll be watching with interest. Thanks very much, Barry. Appreciate your time today. Cheers. This episode of the Explorers podcast was sponsored by RM Corporate Finance, an active participant in emerging companies around the globe.